Welcome to episode 17 of This Is You podcast. This is Scott Stewart and Carol Yu. Today, we speak with Julie Resnick, who has built the Feed Feed with her co-founder and her husband, Dan, into a global crowdsourced food and lifestyle media company. She is a trained chef, a journalist, a businesswoman, mom, wife, and deeply passionate about the world of food. Her community of home cooks, bloggers, and chefs bring over 15 million views to the Feed Feed's social media platforms and website. We talked to Julie about her different Instagram feeds and how she developed the Feed Feed's online community. We explore the company's event spaces, the Feed Feed's future-facing perspective, and how the company plans to get there. If you are looking to up your Instagram game, then this is the podcast for you. After our conversation with Julie, we have a new segment, Recipe Substitutions. How do you bake a cake without eggs, milk, butter, or sugar? What do you do when you're without any fresh herbs or have run out of spice blends? We also talk about healthy substitutes for sugar and butter or eggs. And finally, we give you alternate ingredients for paleo and gluten-free diets. Have you already entered our $25 Amazon gift card giveaway? Listen up to hear how you can be the winner. Welcome to the This Is You podcast, Julie. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Here's a shout out to my sisterhood. I know you ladies all have this question, so let's get the scoop from Julie. Julie, how do you train Dan not to talk back? Because I have a lot of trouble with Scott, and it really seems that you and Dan seem to work well together. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, I mean, I think for us, we work really well together because we do very different things at Feed Feed. So I oversee the editorial team and the sales team. He oversees the technology. He does a lot with migrating and, and pivoting events from in real life events to virtual events. Um, we definitely come together and collaborate on you know the creative vision and the voice of the company. Mm -hmm. um, but we're actually, I think we're really lucky that we have very similar tastes. So if we look at a photo or we read an article or we watch a video independent of one another, and then we come together to give someone feedback or, you know, just to discuss between the two of us, mm -hmm. um, we often have the exact same opinion, like, oh, we think we should bump up the saturation here, or, you know, these tacos are too far back into the, the background, we need to bring them up to the foreground. So we're really lucky. Um, that we actually just have very similar tastes when it comes to photography and design mm -hmm. and um, even like, you know, hosting an event. Right. Yeah, it's important to have that visual agreement. Um, Scott, it looks like you want to say something. This is what I get out of what Julie just said, that it's actually not me. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I care about. <laughs> uh -huh. Okay, I get it. Well, Next. <laughs> Actually, I have what I call my hat story. Carol and I went to a feed feed event in Culver City a little while back. Uh, it was for Taylor Farms and they handed out an awesome feed feed hat. And at the time I just started hiking and I just wanted to tell you that I wear it all the time. I actually have it sitting here right in front of me because I tried to put it on my head during the interview. 
but I realized it's not working because I have headphones on right now. <laughs> when I'm out walking around the streets, whenever I do hiking, I'm always wearing the feed feed hat. So I'm getting some awesome promo for mm-hmm. you guys. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, we definitely like to, um, you know, hand out or mail out swag to um, audiences and community members. So thanks so much for repping the brand. Um, my daughter always makes fun of us because Dan wears a feed feed hat he basically changes colors of the hat, but that's mm. about it. Right now he's wearing a teal green. Um, his signature is usually the black hat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also have sweatshirts and t-shirts and aprons. So mm-hmm. um, he often has a hat and a t-shirt on, which my daughter finds just, you know, very <laughs> embarrassing. Yeah. You know what I should do? I should buy a hat and an apron and wear only that. Yeah. That would get some <laughs> notice in the neighborhood. Yeah, and people can get these hats on your website. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. We do have um, an online shop and we sell some products from some makers in our community that we really love. So we've got um, some fermented mustards from Dark Horse Organics. We have some humble cups, which are nice ceramic pieces by an artist friend, Lincoln, Maine. We sell the aprons, as we mentioned, and a bunch of other things mm-hmm. um, on our website. I was checking it out last night, actually, and and making a wish list. I looked over (laughs) and I saw the teal hat and I went, wow, I think I might mix it up there a little bit because I have the black hat now. That's the one that I've been using. You'll have to give me your address. We'll send you one. Oh, Oh, thank you so much. I'll just try and figure out how I can wear both of them at the same time. That would be the challenge. One frontwards, one backwards. That's true. Okay, what would be your elevator pitch for the Feed Feed? Feed Feed is a community of people who love to cook, that share their recipes on our website, that share inspiration and what they're cooking on social media, and they use our hashtag. Uh And that Feed Feed's editorial team curates the best of that content and remakes a lot of it in our two test kitchens in Los Angeles and in New York, and then puts that out via... Uh, little videos that are um, very educational. We lean in uh, to education quite a bit for people who are learning to cook, um, especially now, you know, a lot of people are doing a lot more cooking than they ever have, Mm -hmm. as well as more sophisticated content for people who have um, been cooking for a while, but want to better their skills or, you know, maybe um, start baking sourdough bread, which we're seeing a lot of these days. Right. So you did mention that you have kitchens in Brooklyn and in Los Angeles, and you also mentioned your experiential space. So how can our listeners take advantage of those spaces? Yeah, that's a great question. So in Los Angeles, we have a programming coordinator and she has, um, you know, has, you know, up until recently had a very full schedule of dinners, workshops, um, you know, how to, how to make dumplings, like how to, um, fold grape leaves or, you know, a dinner where a chef, um, would come in and, and make, um, a full dinner and it would be kind of like a, a special dinner that you could buy a ticket to. So some of those, all of the events um, are available on our website. Of course, we're taking a pause on events um, in the real world, but in the virtual world, we're definitely bringing people together through Zooms. And also our content has pivoted quite a bit on Instagram. So mm-hmm. we're doing a daily live every single day at noon. Mm-hmm, I saw that. Giving our um, audiences, uh, you know, that scheduled time. And those have been great because we've been partnering up with some of the same people that we've partnered with in real life events and then, you know, getting to know them in person and, you know, hosting an event together. Now we can 
comfortably bring them on to live and, and let them show, you know, how they, you know, make their famous, you know, whether it's a ragu sauce or mm-hmm. a pasta, mm-hmm. you know, to our audiences on live. Yeah, I was very, very excited to come to the Eat Cho Food Dumpling class. Um, I've been speaking with yep. her for a couple months, um, actually, maybe half a year and was so excited to come and see and then It'll happen soon, right? I'm hoping. If not, you know, we could always do a Zoom class. I know it's not the same, but, um, you know, definitely want to continue to provide people educational tips and, you know, in her case, you know, we're teaming up with her for a dumpling workshop. Mm -hmm. Um, But we have seen, you know, a lot of the the same educational pieces of content. In some cases, virtual events are actually, you know, you can get more people, you know, you can get people from all over the US, not Mm. just people from, you know, Los Angeles, in that case, that are locals. So yeah, but hopefully we'll get together and have that dumpling workshop with Icho Food. Looking forward to that. But it's great. You can expand your reach. The Feed Feed grew from 1,000 to 100,000 Instagram followers in the second year alone. What growth advice do you have for a new blogger? Is there a magic bullet? I wish. No. Um, It's a lot of hard work. Um, It's a lot of dedication. So if you're looking to grow really anywhere, whether it be on Instagram or LinkedIn or Facebook or Pinterest, it's really about spending time on that platform or even TikTok. We've um, been focusing a lot on TikTok in 2020. Right. Um, But in terms of Instagram growth, we had um, to find a lot of great accounts to follow engage with those accounts, which means like and comment on their posts with thoughtful posts. Make sure you're using good trending hashtags that are relevant to the content that you're putting out there. Um, I said find accounts to follow. I want to kind of follow up with that again. I think there's a lot of people out there that don't like to follow you know, several accounts, hundreds of thousands of accounts. Um, We do not subscribe to that. Anyone who creates good content, we like to follow them. Uh, We want to see their content. And, um, you know, in our case, we ask people to share on our hashtags. So I think that definitely helped with visibility of our accounts on Instagram. We now have um, seven accounts on Instagram. And I believe across all the accounts, close to 3 million followers. So, wow. um, it's, um, you know, it's been several years now. And, and you mentioned the first year was 1000 to 100,000. And then the next at the next year, I think our main account was right around a million. So we went from 100,000 to a million in the second year. It's amazing. Yeah, exponential growth. Yeah. So by the end of that second year, how many people were working with the company to be able to get you to that 1 million? I, I couldn't imagine you staying up 24 hours a day, getting a million <laughs> Instagram followers and commenting on a million posts. Yeah, it's a good question. Probably, you know, it was really still Dan and I, um, and probably just one or two other people at that point. Um, you know, someone, Molly, who's been with us from the beginning, Molly Adams. Um, and then, we always would have an intern, you know, Molly and I went to the same culinary school, the Mm -hmm. Institute of Culinary Education in New York City. And so that's actually how I found Molly. um, When I was looking to hire my first person, I wanted to find someone that had also gone through culinary school and had, um, you know, kind of a similar 
uh, approach to cooking that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we would often look for interns through ICE Career Placement mm-hmm. um, Institute of Culinary Education. And um, so it was usually just Molly and myself and Dan and, you know, one or two interns. We love watching your Feed Feed TV channel because of your hosts. But what are some of the personality traits that people are interested in? Yeah, that's a great question. We've talked a lot about education. I do think that people are, um, you know, and and Molly, I I mentioned her before, I think she comes at it from a really approachable way of educating our audience. So I think, you know, trust is a big one. They Mm want to be able to trust the host. Humor also, you know, that definitely brings in a lot of eyeballs and a lot of yeah. engagement, um, you know, so people who are funny, um, you know, but also know their stuff, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's that's something that's important to us. Um, also, people who, you know, have one thing that they're kind of always there's a theme that they really love, like Rachel Gurjar, who's one of our um, senior editors. She's Indian. And mm-hmm. so for, you know, for she has a show, which is like the spice is right. And so it's always about spice with her. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily always Indian spices, but people come to trust her recipes um, and know her through her love of spices. In fact, last summer, we sent her on a trip to India um, with a spice partner, Simply Organic, and Mm. she got to go to a couple of different regions to see how they grow black pepper and turmeric um, and ginger. And so she's really been able to tell some amazing spice stories just based on, you know, going to that, going back to India and going on that trip with uh, a spice partner. Wow, that's amazing. I love traveling in India. I'm going to go back and watch her shows. Yeah. When you're looking at company sponsorships, how do you discern how you'll mesh with them? Like what is the most important thing to you? What are the reasons to choose a sponsor? And how do you get behind them? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, basically, it's whatever is in my fridge in my pantry, (laughs) in my freezer, if I don't like a brand's products, or um, I wouldn't serve that particular product to my kids Mm -hmm. for breakfast, lunch or dinner, then it's probably not a good brand fit. Um, You know, personally, I shop um, organic, local, I go to farmers markets, um, I like brands that have really interesting founder stories and missions that they support. Um, so, you know, getting to know a brand and what its priorities are and what its mission is and how it sources or how it gives back, mm-hmm. that's sort of what we're looking for in terms of a brand partner. Right. Um, there are definitely times that, you know, brands have come to us that aren't necessarily a great fit for the feed feed, but Mm -hmm. they're actually a great fit for some of our influencers. You know, not every, um, you know, not everyone has, is is always, you know, looking to, for example, shop organic. So, you know, that's when sometimes we tap influencers who are open to working with some of the brands that maybe aren't a good editorial fit for us. Right. So you're really spreading the love in the community. Yeah, absolutely. Good. I was just going to say, and that's actually, you know, you had asked the early question about the personalities on the feed feed tv um that knowing the people in our community is you know 
and, and their personalities is actually how I've hired um, all of our staff. So someone like Jake, um, Jake Hillen, who is mm-hmm. our editorial director, um, you know, I've known him from Instagram for years and right. years and, and, you know, watched what he was doing at other publications, but mostly what he, what he was posting on his own Instagram and on his stories. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like I made a decision to hire Jake, um, you know, before I even emailed him and said, hey, are you looking for a job or would you be interested in chatting? Um, just because I knew his personality, I knew what he would bring to the table. I knew how hard he worked. Right. Um, and so getting to know people and hiring from within the community um, has been really beneficial for us, uh, not only just hiring our own staff, but also as we were just ch- chatting about Uh, hiring influencers for brand sponsored campaigns. Yeah, I mean, really, it's great that we have Instagram out there now, because you really do get to see a little view into everybody's life. And yeah, I've loved Jake for years. And when he came over to you, I was I, I think I actually really went, Oh, my God, yes, it was really, (laughs) really exciting. What has the Heritage Radio Network brought to the feed feed? Yeah, so Heritage Radio Network is uh, the organization that supports our podcast. So they publish our podcast. They are in uh, Bushwick, Brooklyn, which is right around the corner from our studio in Bushwick. Um, They record out of Roberta's, the pizza place. Oh, yeah. We've been there. Yeah. It's really fun to record in that uh, particular location because um, there's a window and people who are eating in the room in Roberta's are actually watching you record the podcast. How fun. So it's really fun. Um, And they've been a great partner um, to us. And we're just starting now our second season of our Mm -hmm. podcast, The Feed Feed. After moving to Long Island, you started participating in a CSA, which is Farm Share. You were looking to sort of think outside of the box with regards to getting your produce. Are you able to do that also in Los Angeles now? Yeah, absolutely. Like I said before, I shop at the farmer's markets. So even through um, this, you know, shelter at home orders, farmer's markets in Los Angeles are open. Um, And so, you know, as long as you have a mask and um, you are practicing social distancing, you're able to shop at the farmers markets. Mm-hmm. We um, have always kind of gravitated to certain farms and farmers, both on Long Island and also um, just by walking around the farmers market. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to know some of the the farms that are up, you know, near Santa Barbara that come down, and um, so we kind of know the farms that we like to go to mm-hmm. and purchase, you know, fruits and vegetables from every week. Yeah, my daughter who lives out in Josh. Tree. She does that. She has a farm share box delivered every week. And she's getting to use all of these different produce and vegetables that she's never used before that I never taught her how to use. So it's actually a good education for me also. Yeah, I mean, that was actually the inspiration for the organization of our website. So if anyone has spent any time on our website, the mm-hmm. you'll see that we organize our content in what we call feeds. Mm-hmm. So those are basically ingredients or topics um, or cuisines that we think are really interesting. So mm-hmm. an example of a feed might be chocolate chip cookies, but another one might be um, cabbage or broccoli or kale. Right. Um, and the reason that we do that is because I, I would say that, you know, when I shop each week um, at the farmer's market here in LA, or if I'm getting my farm share back in New York, 
I'm basically just getting what looks good is in season is mm-hmm. fresh is abundant maybe it's what's that, whatever is you know on sale so you know if there's a big you know you notice that a certain farmers market they say oh it's five for five on cabbage I might just you know grab five um cabbage and then realize what the heck am I going to do with all this cabbage <laughs> so that's you know that's when I would you know basically look to the cabbage feed on our website to right. you know get inspiration around you know maybe I'll make um, a sauerkraut or a kimchi or you know I'll do like stuffed cabbage mm-hmm. that, um, you know or maybe I'll make some kind of um, Asian inspired cabbage wrap so there's a lot of different ways in which you can like cook by just starting with one ingredient and mm-hmm. seeing where it takes you right and your your website definitely gives you so many options so many so much inspiration it's great the next question i have for you julie is are marathons a good place to get ideas (laughs) i definitely like to run um and dan and i chat quite a bit on our runs we've run two marathons it's been a while um since our last one but um we definitely put in quite a bit of mileage every week especially when we're here in Southern California, we like to run um, in the hilly neighborhood that we live in mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of challenge ourselves. But definitely, I mean, back home in New York, we run a lot on the beach and um, we're often kind of talking about, um, you know, where we want to take the company or, you know, maybe what changes we want to make or a new, um, you know, feature or functionality of the website or a new product that we want to put out. Um, you know, those ideas often do come to us on a run. And mm-hmm. I think that's because you're away from your computer. We're away from the kids. We're not distracted. We're just having conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, um, uninterrupted and, um, you know, and it's a good way to pass the time when you're running. Scott and I have an, a nightly walk and we do have a lot of ideas come out during those times. It's good. We've been taking our dog out for walks for like, I don't know, 45 minutes or something, but recently he's got kind of tired of doing that. So our walks are a lot shorter, so we don't have as much time to talk about issues. <laughs> so we're trying to get him to walk more is what, what the deal is there. When you worked in digital marketing, what was your focus? Um, So my focus was mostly business development. So finding brands um, that our agency could partner with and then managing our team of um, producers and project managers and designers to basically bring those ideas to life. So, you know, I was responsible for developing a lot of fun websites and, you Mm -hmm. know, microsites and even some early social media campaigns. Right. And then obviously, kind of what you built and learned from there, you've carried over to the feed feed. Yeah, exactly. I like to say that feed feed is a good sort of marriage of my passion for all things digital and social, and then my love of food and cooking. Yeah, absolutely. And it shows too on your website. Thank you. Yeah, and following up on that. So it's really a joy to look through their website. I just love to look at all the photos. A lot of bloggers would love to get their photos and recipes on the feed feed. Does your company have any plans to expand your viewers' photography knowledge, like maybe how to take photos, anything regarding learning about photography? Yeah, we have definitely put out sort of like photo guidelines. And we've recently, one of the features that Dan has worked really hard on um, with our tech team over the last 
several months is um, registration. So now you can log in and you can actually submit your recipes directly to our website. Oh, excellent. And for those people who do submit recipes, um, we um, basically try to feature your recipes, whether it's in an email newsletter or in our Instagram stories or, um, you know, on our website um, as the recipe of the day, which also is published on Google Home um, through the Google Assistant and Amazon Alexa, um, where we have voice actions in both of those places. So anyone who registers and then submits content to our website, um, definitely, you know, we, we try to feature. And then, you know, in cases of people whose photography might not fit our aesthetic, our editorial team will remake some of the best recipes. But definitely we have given out some guidelines and we do have blogger guidelines that we share if someone requests them, um, sort of what we're looking for in food photography. And then getting more into a, a personal note with yourself, which hurdles have you personally faced and how did you overcome them? That's a good question. I think, you know, um, not necessarily any challenges I would, can you know, mm-hmm. directly correlate. But one thing that I would say is that, um, you know, we really try to keep like ego out of what we do. And um, so if we launch something and maybe it's not working, you know, we decide to tweak it. Um, We really have followed that like lean startup model since the beginning. And that's basically like, you know, you put something out there you get customer feedback, you monitor how it's performing, um, you pivot, you change, you adapt, or you lean into it if it's working really well. So we try to kind of follow that um, model. And um, so I think that, you know, the other thing, and I've heard a lot of other founders say this, is that Sometimes when we have an idea, for example, we might have an idea when we're out on a run and then we'll come back and, you know, maybe I'm having a conversation like this one or we're talking to a brand about something that we could do. We'll just say, like, we're going to do this. And when once you put it out there and you say that you're going to do something like we're just the kind of people that we do whatever we need to do mm-hmm. in order to make that happen. Right. Um, so I think, you know, for me. I just try not to, you know, I just try to look at everything kind of critically and not, you know, have any um, sort of emotion or ego tied into, you know, the performance of something. If it's working, it's great. If it isn't, how can we fix it? How can we make it better? You're not marrying any of your ideas. You're just able to throw out a lot of different ideas and you're able to capture what's working and just keep focusing and put more energy onto what's working and then what's not working. You just let that stuff go. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, there haven't been too many things, um, that, that have stopped working. I think that what we've done is that we've just tried to build on things. Right. Um, you know, events is a good example of that. Like, you know, over the past couple of years, we've hosted, um, probably over a hundred events across the country. Um, some in Canada, um, some even in Europe and it, you know, if you had asked me four years ago, you know, would Feed Feed be hosting events in a couple of years? I would have said, no, I don't think so. I mean, you know, we're a digital publication, we're a social media community. Um, you know, that is who we are. And, you know, that's uh, how we're able to partner with brands and, you know, and monetize it, it, you know, but then they're just, you know, basically just through our own personal travel, what we actually did was, 
um, we started hosting meetups. Mm -hmm. So we would just, if we were on vacation in a city, we would just um, go into our database and say, oh, we know a lot of people in the city. And we would shoot a big out, an email out to people who were in our database and said, hey, we're going to be in, you know, Minneapolis, you know, we'd love to meet up or Cleveland, right. Ohio, if, you know, we were there. Um, and it was amazing how many people would come out and, you know, meet us and, you know, also had, told us about the ways in which they'd connected with other feed feed community members. And then, you know, very quickly we realized, oh, you know, people love to get together outside of following people on social yeah, media. Exactly. And we, we could be, um, you know, we could do that. And so it, sort of the same thing with our Brooklyn space, like, you know, it our, it's our office, but it's set up more like a huge open loft apartment space. Mm -hmm. um, same with our Los Angeles space so that we can have events or workshops or panel discussions or, or really anything to bring people together in real life. Um, and that was just something that we said, you know, we're going to start doing more events. And then, you know, the first year we probably had 40 events. Um, and last year, you know, well over 50. Yeah. So you've kind of merged your social media uh, experience with some experiential spaces. But social media is really about relationship building. And now that we can only have relationships on social media during this time, and in the future, it seems like people will be going online even more. How can communities continue to thrive? Yeah, I mean, I think that people can continue to thrive by, you know, having hosting and, and participating in virtual events. I think that, you know, it's sort of the next best thing. And in some cases, as I mentioned earlier, you know, you can help, we could host a virtual, we have a virtual wine night coming up, for example, and we're partnering with mm. a sommelier and we're doing wine tastings and cheese and fruit and chocolate. And, um, wow, that's a great idea. Yeah. So we're sending everyone a box of what they need and then wow. sending through wine.com the wines that they're going to be tasting and then we're creating like a nice guide of um you know from the sommelier that we've partnered with and these people that are participating are influencers from all over the US. Now, if I had sold this program through to a brand in Los Angeles, for example, or that wanted to have an event in Los Angeles, it would have been great. And we could have gotten those people together in real life. Mm -hmm. um, but the benefit of you know having a virtual event is that this brand sells their wine across the entire US. Mm -hmm. And so why not instead of just having an event in New York or LA, because we're not able to right now, you know, get influencers together that are located in cities all over the US on a Zoom. Um, it's actually pretty exciting because they may have followed those other influencers, you mm -hmm. know, for the last several years on social media, but never would have had a chance to maybe leave Portland, Oregon and mm -hmm. go to an event in Miami. But here we are with an event where we'll have someone from Portland and someone from Miami. So I think there's some benefits to, you know, to virtual events. Mm -hmm. um, you just have to be creative. And, um, you know, as you mentioned, you know, we always uh, have all of our um, event attendees walk away with a really nice gift bag. Yeah. So now we'll, we'll just be sending those out to the event uh, attendees that are virtual event attendees beforehand. And, um, you know, it'll be disappointing not to meet everyone in person, but uh, at least we're able to still connect in the digital space. Right. That sounds really awesome. That's a 
fantastic idea. Yeah, it's a great idea. And then that wine event, when exactly is that happening? The next event that I talked about, we actually don't have the date yet, but it'll be in early June. So I'll let you know. Okay, great. So people can just check on Feed Feed, the website, and they'll see upcoming events. Yep, there's an events page. Okay, great. Back in 2015, Dara and I, we had a meeting with the Food Network, and they admitted that the programs they that did the best were the ones that appealed to um, you know a wide range of viewers. So people were interested in a new take on mac and cheese or on brownies or chocolate chip cookies. So the Feed Feed has given so many people the ability to be creative and to stand out. So what are some of the support resources that you find are available to help bloggers grow? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think one thing that bloggers do a really good job of um, is making relationships with other bloggers. So, um, you know, they they seek out other like-minded um, cooks or bakers who are doing a lot of the same kinds of things that they're doing and they support, um, you know, the bloggers that we know well that have launched cookbooks and written cookbooks. Um, they do a great job of sending their cookbooks to all of the other bloggers out there mm-hmm. and um, supporting one another when their cookbooks launch. They do, you know, a lot of fun virtual I would say like um, theme nights. So maybe it's like cupcake night and like a group of bloggers will, you know, kind of tease it out for weeks. Like I've teamed up with these other bloggers and we're all going to be on Instagram and we're all going to be making cupcakes or cookies Mm. or, you know, um, maybe it's even like pasta. And so they'll each be posting their favorite pasta or cupcake recipe and they'll ask other people to participate. And they usually get a lot of traction. Like if you look, I talked a little bit about growth on Instagram earlier. If you look at hashtags, even something like that, where it's a group of, you know, eight or 10 bloggers that might come together. And, you know, I don't know, it's maybe it's like, March 20th is cupcake night. Mm -hmm. And that's the hashtag, you look on that hashtag, and then you look at the posts that have been posted on that tag. And then you compare that to the other posts Mm -hmm. on that same individual's account, you'll see that they get a lot more traction. And so I think, you know, being creative and developing relationships and building out a community, um, because blogging is hard, you know, most bloggers are doing it Mm -hmm. in their kitchens. And I think that's the other thing, too, is that, you know, I think we try to provide, um, you know, photography feedback and recommendations to our community. And I think they get a lot of that um, from each other as well. So, Mm -hmm. you know, they might send off a photo to their um, friend who's a fellow blogger and say, like, which one of these do you like better? And actually, using social media, I see a lot of that in Instagram stories, like someone will be saying, like, today, we I was shooting, or we were shooting, if it's like a group of two people that are blogging together. Mm-hmm. And here's some of the photos that we shot, which one do you like better A or B? And it's mm. actually really love um, seeing when bloggers are engaging their audience like that. So really, it's just the same as in the real life, you know, virtual life, you're communicating in real life you're communicating so it's just a new way of communication with everyone yep if you could have anyone in history come to demonstrate in your feed feed community space who would it be and that could be alive or passed on that's a really good question i think um if you know sammy tamimi and um otto lenghi who oh, yes. have restaurants in mm-hmm. 
um, London and have published several cookbooks, probably the two of them cooking together would be really special. So that's really interesting because I was telling you that my daughter in Joshua Tree gets a produce box. And for Christmas, I actually got her the simple cookbook and Mm -hmm. one of the other Otolenghi cookbooks. So she actually, whenever she uses that, which is weekly, she'll send me a photo of what she's cooked out of those cookbooks. So let's make that happen that you'll bring them here and I'll bring my daughter (laughs) to your space. That'd be amazing. Okay, so now we have a lightning round. So just some quick fire questions, just a few. Yeah, they're just sort of like one-off answer kind of things. You don't have to spend a lot of time on it. Okay. First band you were really into? Uh, The Rolling Stones. Oh, very cool. Best book you ever read? Atlas Shrugged. What's something for which you are deeply grateful for right now? My three kids. Your favorite meal? That's really tough. Probably homemade pizza. What time will you wake up next Sunday morning? (laughs) As late as possible, Um, which probably means... (laughs) With three kids, what does that mean? (laughs) Well, they're getting older, so that means probably eight o'clock. Who was your favorite Friends character? Rachel. Favorite place on earth? Hmm. Southern France. Well, thank you. Um, Julie, if you could give us some ways that our listeners can connect with you, that would be great. Yeah, so I mentioned earlier, we have seven accounts on Instagram. The most popular is at the feed feed where we publish all kinds of food content. But if you're vegan, we have at the feed feed vegan. We also have gluten free chocolate cocktails and baking. Um, You could also follow us on TikTok and on um, Pinterest and YouTube and Facebook. And our website is thefeedfeed.com. Excellent. Thank you so much. We really appreciate your time, Julie. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. It was great meeting you. We look forward for some great things happening at Feed Feed. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Looking forward to seeing you guys again in real life sometime, hopefully soon. Okay, great. Thanks so much. Bye now. All right. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much to Julie for joining us in today's conversation. We really appreciate your unique social media and business expertise. We loved learning about your company's exponential business growth. And now I'm so excited to explore all your social media outlets so I can find brand new inspiration for our meals. It's reassuring to know that we'll be able to choose any ingredient and peruse hundreds of recipes crowdsourced from your expansive and diverse community from across the globe. We're all stuck in our houses at this time of COVID-19, and we try to stay out of public contact as much as possible. This means that many of us can't run to the grocery store every few days to pick up all the ingredients we need. Subsequently, our pantries are running low. Today, we have some great ideas for ingredient substitutions, including paleo and gluten-free diets. Make sure you check out our substitution list on our recipe substitutions blog post at thisisyou.com. So, you've gathered all the ingredients to bake something comforting, and then you realize you're missing just one ingredient. Well, here are some ideas. We will name the substitutions, but all the specific amounts could make for some really tedious podcast listening. But get your ideas here and then get the specific ingredient ratios in our blog posts. If you are missing baking powder, you can always substitute baking soda paired with cream of tartare. Looking for something puckery and yellow, but don't have the lemon at home? Substitute vinegar for lemon juice. 
if you want to make a cake but you don't have cake flour, for every one cup of cake flour, substitute one cup less two tablespoons of all-purpose flour. Make sure you sift it to get a light cake texture. So last week, Dara used corn syrup to make salted caramel shortbread cookies. Mm. I actually had to go to several stores to try to find corn syrup. But for every cup of corn syrup, I could have actually used one and a quarter cups of sugar with a third of a cup of water. A lot of time, sugars can be used interchangeably, but some required additions or different amounts to give a similar taste. For example, packed brown sugar can be replaced with granulated sugar and molasses. If you need one cup of powdered sugar, did you know you can actually substitute one cup of sugar with a third of a teaspoon of cornstarch? What you have to do is blend it in the blender in batches to give it the lightness you achieve with powdered sugar. If you've run out of sugar, here are a few replacements. You can use pure vanilla extract for cakes, cookies, and brownies. Of course, you can always use a sugar substitute like stevia. Stevia is quite concentrated, so for every tablespoon of sugar, you only need an eighth of a teaspoon of stevia. Agave nectar is also a good replacement for sugar. I've also used honey instead of sugar. Now let's look at fat and oil substitutions. The consistency of fats and oils matters. For butter, you can replace it with seven-eighths of a cup of vegetable oil with a half a teaspoon of salt. Or non-fat Greek yogurt in cakes, muffins, and cookies. I've actually done this before, and I love the tanginess that the yogurt provides. A lot of people replace oil with an equivalent amount of applesauce in baking. This feels good in regards to your heart health. Or for your sandwich, replace that butter with an equivalent amount of mashed avocado. Mmm, I love avocado. This would be so awesome. There have been times when I've run out of eggs, and in the old days, people would easily run over to their neighbor's house to borrow one. But with social distancing, that's not possible anymore. Here are some great ideas to use as substitutions for eggs. When baking, eggs provide structure and stability in a batter. They help thicken sauces, and they add moisture. Try these replacements when baking, For one egg, you can use water with baking powder or half a banana or quarter cup of applesauce or pureed tofu with flour or one quarter cup yogurt or one half cup buttermilk. Or you can use vegetable oil or cornstarch with water. And just to let you guys know, there is no quiz on this. There are a lot of great substitutes for dairy. I find this is a category that I end up doing a lot of replacements for. If you don't have buttermilk, you can always, for each cup of milk or cream, add one tablespoon lemon juice or distilled white vinegar. Stir, and then it starts to curdle like buttermilk. I make my buttermilk waffles this way, and I find no difference in the lightness or taste of them. Buttermilk can always be replaced with plain yogurt one-to-one. Sliced mozzarella can be replaced with sliced tofu for sandwiches or crackers. And you can replace sour cream with pureed silken tofu. For a yummy dessert, replace half cup of ice cream with a half a cup of frozen blended bananas. This is really delicious and tricks your taste buds. 
When you need spice substitutions, try replacing one tablespoon of fresh herbs with one teaspoon of dried herbs. Here are a couple spice blend substitutions. All spice can be made from cinnamon, ginger, and cloves. Apple pie spice is made from ground cinnamon, nutmeg, allspice, and a dash of ground cloves. Italian season is a one-third ratio, each of a basil, oregano, and rosemary. Poultry seasoning is three-quarter ratio sage and one-quarter ratio thyme. One teaspoon pumpkin pie spice is made from ground cinnamon, ginger, allspice, and nutmeg. Chinese five-spice powder can be replaced with equal amounts of cinnamon, cloves, fennel, and star anise, which is funny because it's only four spices. Paleo substitutions right here, right now. Use coconut aminos instead of soy sauce. Use coconut sugar instead of granulated sugar. Use almond or oat milk instead of cow's milk. Use pulsed cauliflower instead of rice. Zucchini or carrot noodles can be used instead of pasta. And finally, use coconut oil instead of vegetable oil. Finally, some gluten-free substitutions. Dara did a whole gluten-free vegan cookie box in her deliveries this week. And man, were they good. She didn't use a single egg, flour, or butter. You can use pureed black beans for flour in brownies. You can use spaghetti squash for pasta, quinoa for couscous, tamari for soy, coconut oil for butter, and tapioca starch for flour. Woo! That's a lot of substitutions. Check out the blog post for many more. We'd love to hear what substitutions you make in your daily cooking. Who doesn't like free money? I do, I do, I do. Have you entered our giveaway already? Through May 19th, 2020, enter our giveaway for a $25 Amazon gift card. It's simple. All you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts, subscribe to, and leave a review of This Is You Podcast. We will choose our favorite review and announce the winner on May 19th on the podcast. Give us your feedback. Leave a message for us on the This Is You hotline at 562-291-6037. It's anonymous. Just leave a message with your thoughts. You can also direct message us on Facebook or Instagram or email us at carol at thisisyou.com or scott at thisisyou.com. Our home base is www.thisisyou.com. Instagram is at thisisyouofficial. Not only can you belong to the Feed Feed community, join the This Is You VIP community on Facebook. Thanks for being a part of the This Is You community. We are grateful for you. Thanks for listening, guys. Say bye-bye or something. I know, but last time you said that, I always have to get the last word, and I don't have to. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye-bye. <laughs>